Welcome to Beyond Meditation Podcast. I'm Anna. And I'm Jazzy. We started this podcast to share new ways to quiet the mind, get in touch with who you really are, and find alignment with purpose. We are here to empower you with our stories, tools, and knowledge. So grab some tea, bring your journal, and let's go go beyond beyond meditation. meditation. Welcome back, everyone. We are so excited for this ancestral healing episode. Today we have Urika Sullivan. She is a certified life coach, yoga teacher, energy healer, podcast host, and author. Her passion is to help busy women, busy working women, to reconnect with their inner calm and life balance. Ulrika combines intuitive coaching, universal spiritual principles, energy healing, astrology, human design, the gene keys, yoga, meditation, crystals, cards, and essential oils in her practice. Her podcast is New Light Living. See your life in a new light. Welcome, Ulrika. Thank you so much, Jesse and Anna. Thank you for inviting me to this beautiful episode on your podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited to dive in. Um, I think for our listeners, I'd like to start off with how do you define ancestral healing? So ancestral healing, uh, the way I define it is really that, you know, we come into this world with um, past experiences, and I'm not talking about necessarily experiences in this life our ancestors, generations back, uh, have had experiences and that generates energy that we carry with us generation after generation. And and there are multiple layers to this, but ancestral healing sometimes is only spoken by, you know, what last generations or two, three generations are, are carrying forward, so to say. But ancestral healing can also uh, be energy from uh, within our soul that comes from past lives in our soul's journey as well. So I define it both as, you know, the, the physical, you know, you know, we have a body, right? So we have a DNA that hosts generations and generations of, of um, uh, ancestral imprint, if you will, but we also have a soul and that's a different ancestry sometimes that we have carrying with us from our soul's journeys uh, and ancestral heritage. So it's kind of multi-layered. That, that's my definition of it. Beautiful. That's so cool. And what got you started on discovering um, all the different layers of, you know, our DNA to our soul? What got you started on that journey for you personally? Well, I, it's been gradual, actually, because, um, you know, I've not always been a healer or a light, a coach, a, a guide. Uh, it really, I, I spent over 20 years in, in the corporate world as a businesswoman and, you know, the, the go-go kind of lifestyle, right? Multitasking here and there. So that really also helped me as I stepped into and made a complete shift to become a life coach, a spiritual guide, a astrologer, energy healer. It helped me actually relate to see the patterns of 
ancestry and see the patterns of uh, the need for healing of ancestral trauma, basically, so that we don't have to carry it forward to the next generation. And what really kicked it off was when I started to reflect on my own ancestry and the patterns that I had myself <laughs> and the, that I was uh, able to kind of reflect on and eventually break. So it was my own life journey that really got me into being interested in how, how to connect the dots for others in that sense. And, and actually, because the beautiful thing about ancestral healing is that once we become aware, once we connect the dots within ourselves of what patterns are really not serving me and where do they come from? whether it's a soul experience uh, way out in the universe somewhere that actually we're still carrying with us that's not serving us, or it's some uh, pattern that has been carried forward through generations in our you know, earthly lineage, if you will. So for me, it was through my own life experience, reflecting upon these things, becoming aware of them, and uh, eventually you know, choosing to do work to to go in a different direction. That's awesome. What were those patterns that you started noticing within mm. yourself, if you don't mind sharing? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I can bring up a couple that's very, you know, some, uh, some of you that are listening or to this episode maybe relate to as well. One of the strong uh, ancestral patterns that I maintained was, you know, people-pleasing, and as a female, uh, kind of putting myself at the bottom of the, of the priority list and serving everyone else first. This is an ancestral pattern from generations of, uh, of, of um, you know, way of living and way of, of accepting um, expectations and sometimes even putting the same expectations that our previous generations, maintaining those and putting them on ourselves, right? So I clearly uh, had a, a very strong pattern of, of people pleasing that I, um, you know, didn't understand first <laughs> in my corporate life, so to say, not really aware of like, why am I doing this when I'm feeling so exhausted? <laughs> it's like... um but once I became aware of and could track down kind of, an, and also it, sometimes it just takes to reflect upon patterns that our own parents have maintained or grandparents. But what we're talking about here is also way back. It, it sits in our DNA. So it's, it's not as easy to detect, right? But people-pleasing as a, as a female is very, very uh, linked to ancestral patterns, if you will. Another... Um, Another ancestral pattern may be um, to listen to our ego first. And you may argue that listening to our ego is, is a way of survival. And we've kind of maintained that through the generations. And now we, most of us, may not have to, to fight for survival every day, but we know some do, but the majority of, we average here and generalizing a bit here, but we, we're not fighting for survival in the same way as previous generations have. 
but we still maintain patterns of listening to that ego primal drive, if you will, where we actually today um, can free ourselves from that and uh, maintain another pattern. Let's say we want to discover and be more creative and listen to what our true self is telling us. So I'm just giving some examples that many of us identify with. Um, Yeah, does that make sense in terms of we can also, you know, one other pattern that's really common is to worry. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially worry about what other people think. <laughs> it's yes. that external to internal pattern that we always have to kind of survey the the external world for, um, for what works, which is really um, sometimes not true where we can shift that to listen to what actually works for ourselves and then act on that. So, you know, the last pattern I I really have personal experience with, for example, is when I was in the corporate world uh, was really about the definition of success. And it's very uh, linked to, you know, ancestral patterns, uh, past generations, let's say, had to really strive and struggle again for survival. And that has changed and and evolved, obviously, through our generation. But we still define, um, you know, work with struggle sometimes. And (laughs) that's, that's a pattern that we carry with us that we can redefine, redefine what success means and how it relates to what we contribute to in the world. So I hope that that helps to just give some examples. Yeah, absolutely. I think that sometimes it can be overwhelming uh, to start to look within ourselves and kind of find some of these patterns. Do you have any tips or recommendations on how some of us can get started with doing some of this work? Absolutely. This is this is what I do. <laughs> this is what I do work with every day. And what I find uh, is that it, it it is about willingness. Because if you go, to, if you just as an example, like if you don't want to do something, and somebody tells you to, you need to do this and that, you're not going to listen, right? So it really has to, you're asking me where, where, where is the starting point for all of this? It has to become come from within. And often it starts with somebody, me, you, anyone listening. Have you asked yourself the question, who am I? Because when we start to ask ourselves those questions and kind of actually uh, slow down a bit and to say, okay, who am I and and what do I love doing without any criteria around, right? What do I do naturally that I'm really good at that I can see myself, you know, doing naturally, not because I was taught that in school or not because uh, success looks a certain way and I have to do it that way, right? So when we start to ask ourselves those questions, that's the starting point often for for this beautiful discovery of who we truly are. 
And that's often when people come to me <laughs> because it's like, oh my gosh, I don't, I need some help in navigating all of this. But, um, and when we start to kind of be curious about what we can learn and uncover about ourselves, because, you know, for 20 plus years and uh, as a working woman uh, and, and multitasking life, and many, many have that type of kind of a path in life. We go to school and we're graduating and we're trying to get a job and, you know, off we go. I never asked myself those questions. I was just looking outside and say, okay, what can I do next to get the next promotion? Without having asked, asking myself about like, is this really working for me? Is that, <laughs> is this what I enjoyed enjoy um is this what i'm truly getting fulfilled by and and don't get me wrong i had a beautiful i loved what i was doing but it, it you know ultimately it wasn't fulfilling uh and i kept going <laughs> if you will oh yes so you started asking yourself these questions like who am i and and what am i excited to do every day and that is how you started to just unpack the ancestral stuff and, and what was the next step that you took from there? Yeah, it often what we do and what I find with, with my clients also is that there is a need to go back in history, go back and find the reasons for why, how we ended up where we are. And, and it's a way of relating to the past, right? But at a at a certain point, we um, and that's often what what happens in therapy. For example, we go go back and heal, but there is there is a part of healing to that um, we we kind of we we're not getting forward <laughs> unless we heal some parts. I think that's that's the point I want to make, but. What truly is bringing us forward are those questions and curiosities. So the next steps after asking ourselves those questions is to actually allow ourselves to dream. Because part of the ancestral um, patterns we have is to put a lot of limitations on ourselves. Like, nah, I can't do this or... Uh, my family has never done that before. Who am I to, to kind of wish for more, right? So the next steps after we start to ask ourselves those questions is to allow ourselves to dream and really have that inner journey of what do I really want to become? And not only I, but what, what would I like to contribute with? How can it impact others? Because when we put ourselves in the context of our contribution to, to the collective, that's when it come, becomes exi exciting. And that's also where we can uh, not only look back in our ancestral history, but actually become part of the future. I love the part about being able to dream and say, you know, I'm not going to limit myself. What if you're someone who perhaps was adopted or does not have access to kind of understand your, your family tree, your family history. Do you have a recommendation for somebody like that? Cause I don't think for a lot of us, it's not, it may not be possible or even helpful to go, you know, searching for, for that. 
Yeah, that's a great question because the way I approach that, if somebody's interested in their ancestral history and, and know their birth information, like the day, the, the month, the location, the time, there are ways you can connect with your ancestry anyway. Obviously, we have, you know, DNA tests and all of that, right? But what I'm talking about here is our soul history. Uh, and I use astrology, both, you know, traditional Western astrology, but also galactic astrology, because many of us now are very interested in learning about heritage, ancestry in the, in the um, universal context. And there's actually ways to um, track back even human races on Earth, you know, way back and ancestry that way. So sometimes it's for some, it's not only it's not enough just to know kind of, OK, my gender, my my parents, my grandparents, like in the I call it short term ancestry. But some people now are really wanting to know kind of more about where their soul comes from, where their soul, their origin of their soul and and maybe even relate more so to kind of that bringing in our gifts and talents that are natural in this life rather than, you know, the, the pure physical heritage. But to answer that question short, as long as somebody has their birth information, we can always track back ancestry. And even actually, if you don't have the, the birth information, there are intuitive ways that I use to identify the birth uh, information. So yeah, there's always information to to dig up and, and reflect upon. And the, the important part is to actually make it real now and relevant for the life here and walking into the future. Is it necessary to know where we come from? Like, is that, is that something that's pertinent to the ancestral healing or can we move forward without really acknowledging our ancestors, whether they are from this lifetime or past lifetimes or different galac uh, galaxies and what have you, can you still do the ancestry work without having to go back and take a look at where we're coming from? In my opinion, yes. Because the ancestral healing is really a inner journey within the individual. It's, it's, a, it's a process of acknowledgement, self-love, forgiveness many times. It's, but it it's really is an inner journey and it can happen even if, if we don't have the full picture or have a connection, a physical connection to ancestor, um, you know, individuals. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I remember people always saying, I don't remember who exactly, but I remember hearing a lot in the recent years, you know, that when you heal yourself, you're also uh, doing this generational healing. And I never actually understood that, like, how could that be until I actually started doing it myself? 
And I could see the changes in all my relations, like the changes in my mom, the changes in my dad, the changes in my sister and my brother and my aunts and uncles. Like I could see the change. Um, And it's not like I was the type of person before that I would buy everybody the book that I was reading or I would try people to get to come and do the things that I was doing as well. And that just never works. I'm telling you guys, it never works. Um, but once you start to go inward and you start to heal yourself, not even really understanding what those generational traumas were, those generational injuries were, it really does something extremely special. Um, and it's only recent, like in the last year and a half or so that I've actually witnessed that. And recently I was in ceremony as um, we were doing ceremony and my intention going to this retreat was for me to heal, for me to heal things from the past, things that I didn't actually even know or understand. And during the ceremony, um, this was, there was no plant medicine or anything like that. It was all meditation. And during the ceremony, we were like six hours into meditation and I could see myself going kind of up into like, the theta state or whatever you call that. And I could see like this line of ancestors, my grandmothers, my grandfathers, people I didn't have never even seen all lined up to receive healing. It was so beautiful and so magical. And I cried and I'm not a crier. And I was like, wow, like that by me being here, by me doing the inner work, everyone's like showing up ready to like put to rest all of those past injuries and past traumas, if you will. Beautiful. That's such a beautiful description of a, of a real healing taking place through you. Yes. For multiple generations. Yes, exactly. And, and so in the past, I have tried to work with ancestors, obviously not all of our ancestors are here for our highest good, um, just like humans, right? Um, Is there a specific way that you work with ancestors? Is that part of your modalities? Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? It always, for me, is depending on the individual I'm working with, with the soul. But I often, I have an approach to going to the soul first, not necessarily the the human kind of generational um, experience, if you will. But I do both. So um, what I do is really to help uncover that awareness in somebody because the the work is really somebody you know my who's in front of me is doing their own like you beautifully explained and and shared your experience that's exactly i facilitate that um whether it's through a reading of a galactic heritage for example for example or whether it's a a reading um, traditionally so so to say in, in more the uh short-term, you know, past in a way. But it, it really the healing comes from that embodiment of the awareness that is uncovered. So I wouldn't say that I have a method, like I always take somebody through a certain process. 
I assess that based on each individual's um, charts. And often uh, I use human design or the gene keys and gene keys. I use multiple modalities to kind of lay out the blueprint of an individual's energetic imprint. I love that. And then we start the work to kind of integrate and become aware. And, and um, you know, depending on uh, the individual's kind of desires and level of consciousness at the time. Yeah. So it's not like a, a some same for all, <laughs> no. <laughs> but it, it really is guided by each individual's energetic imprint. Mm. Yeah, one of my questions I was going to ask you is, what is a session like? <laughs> right, so you answered that. Um, yeah. Well, often it starts with um, a reading of some sort, um, and it really is an accelerator and an uh, activator and opening of of possibilities. So that's often what happens. And then uh, if somebody is is open to kind of work with me to integrate that insight and heal and release, which is often what it is, it's a release of energy of that we, you know, each generations have carried forward, um, both soul wise, but also, you know, DNA wise. So it's a work to release that. And I'm an energy healer as well. So I work with the body and the soul, if you will. Uh, and often it, it is the shift that happens when we are releasing our all the thoughts that are going on in, in our mind and maintain, you know, patterns of thought and drop down in our heart instead and connect with our intuition and uh, our true self that this healing process takes place. And I offer, I, I never work with someone less than three months because the, uh, this is a kind of not one session and you're done, <laughs> but you can have epiphanies just like you, Jesse, um, uh, describe that it's an, an profound experience that just helps this release. But, um, Oh yeah, that wasn't a, a session where it was like, let me go and do this retreat ceremony type of thing. And it happened like this was months and months and months of work with my therapist, with my Reiki person, with uh, my shamanic practitioner. Like this was like a lot of effort, a lot of journaling, a lot of crying, a lot of realizations, a lot of really weird dreams that came up because I'm doing this work. Um, yeah. There's a lot that went into it. And what was even more beautiful was I absolutely got validation afterwards that I wasn't imagining the whole thing because then afterwards I went to an energy healer and she got the same vision that happened in that ceremony. So it was still like happening where ancestors were showing up for healing because my intention lately for all the energy work that I'm doing, whether it's Reiki or whatever else, it's to heal at the deep roots of the generational trauma. So it's, and I yeah. think it's all about intention, like everything else that we do, right? Absolutely. It's, it's an energy shift that is created uh, that ancestors also take advantage of because in, in the universe, it's really is, is built on energy. <laughs> so, you know, what we shift here is, is, is for benefit for for past uh, ancestors as well. Yeah. But you're, Anna, you were asking like what, how a session is, is looking like, but it is, 
often we work like this in in a Zoom sessions, and I work with with people all over the world. Yeah, and it's it's often you know over internet we work, but it's uh, the good news with energy is that we can work over distances. It doesn't really matter. It's just really here on in the third dimension that we want to have things linear and, you know, <laughs> it's not really how it works in the universe. It's it really can have uh, a no time aspect to it. Um, but it's very intuitive in the sense that um, based on this energetic imprint and blueprint, we work together and it often shows up the moment so they what needs to be worked on in, in each session and i would also say that most of the work like you described jesse was that the work is happening within the individual between sessions mm -hmm. um, that's really when when the work is happening and those sessions with me are really just that next acceleration for the next mm -hmm. next um, part of it or chapter or, or stage yeah. It's beautiful. That's great. I have a question about, say, for example, me personally, I don't drink alcohol, but my family, one side of my family has a history of alcoholism. Is there healing that can take place or anything in addition that I can do? You know, for example, perhaps there's like a specific issue that you know that is in your in your generation that you want to help hmm. heal or perhaps bring comfort to or make sure that it doesn't get passed on but you you know you're like okay this stops with me but is there addition to that you can do as well yeah and it i'm glad you're bringing this up because it's such a common symptom if you will to uh, use alcohol to um suppress our our ancestral kind of trauma because an alcohol is just one, one tool, right. To, to reach for. And when, uh, and it's important to understand that underneath that urge to numb, which it is, it, there is an energy knot that has been carried forward through, through generations. And, I think we're, this is really what this conversation is about, right? You can be that lineage breaker that is healing from the root of that energy knot so that it's not passed on. So the thing is that it's not about stopping to drink. It's, it's to heal the en energy around it and understand in some cases where it came from. And that can, uh, I also am a, a proponent of, let's say, past life regression in that sense, because you can actually go back to the source of your lineage and where it, where that actually started. Oh, I never uh, thought to do that. That's a great mm -hmm. idea. Um, but that, that is something that has to do with, you know, releasing that energy that actually has been so, so suppressed for for a long time and then reach for a different energy mm -hmm. to live by because it's also we talked about patterns earlier and and you know maintaining an addictive pattern is also a pattern 
mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So it's because there may not in past generations have been awareness around other options. I'm not talking about other drugs. I'm talking about, uh, you know, uncovering who you are, letting mm-hmm. your full self out, uh, finding freedom by accepting and loving yourself, right? In the past generations, that wasn't necessarily what was in the focus. It might have been survival or having to conform to survive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's also f- to reach for other patterns that are more supportive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to change. It, it really, it's, ju- it's about breaking that energy and, and move on with a more supportive energy in the, fo- in the future. So, but I, I see any type of addiction as, as a, a clear symptom that has all opportunities to be um, unearthed and, and changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I kind of know more about, you know, why it was used as a coping mechanism is a lot of it was because of depression and think they weren't, you know, there wasn't as many resources nowadays as there were back then. But then, you know, what was the symptom of that? You know, who knows? So it's just it's a matter of like, how do I help untie that knot for mm-hmm. future generations? And- I would also say that uh, the work with forgiveness, Mm -hmm. because uh, there's not a criteria to know every single detail, right? It's not to heal. You don't have to know every single detail of why and so on. But what is required is um, acceptance in terms of uh, acceptance coupled with compassion and Mm -hmm. self-love. It all goes together, right? If we can see ourselves um, not necessarily always in the past, right. Or in the future, but we can see ourselves here and now and accept us the way we are in in the moment. That's actually very healing for the ancestral line as well. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, living in the moment and, and actually, you know, feeling acceptance and and, uh, compassion in today (laughs) here, you know, (laughs) right now as we listen to this yeah instead yeah. of all instead of living in the past or living in the future it's actually in a practice that can be very healing for ancestral trauma as well mm. so it is uh, yeah it's that energy of being in flow with our our uh, with with the universe which is really you know what we what we strive for (laughs) instead of working in resistance, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a healing exercise, just being here and now. I've personally, I've, I've been working on that. I think, you know, even more so every day, but yeah, that's, that's something I've been, I've struggled with and working on. Okay. How do I love myself today? You know, this Mm -hmm. body, this place, this time where I'm at, you know, my flaws or whatever, you know, so I, that's great. That definitely resonates. And I, I feel like that aligns. So thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. I know that we are um, talking specifically about ancestral healing, but I think it also ties into like our everyday lives. And I even love your story of how you went from corporate um, you know, into this path and you've even written a book about 
some of these modalities, right? Can you tell us a little bit about your book and what inspired you to write it? Yeah, the book title is Wisdom Beyond What You Know and How to Shift from Being Driven by the Mind to Living from the Heart and Intuition. And this book is what I call like a spiritual self-help book that is very actionable. As a coach, I'm very keen on not just giving a bunch of concepts, right? (laughs) Uh, I have incorporated in each chapter um, real coaching exercises that I hope can transform people's lives. Like you can sit down with the book and actually do these exercises, but they also, the book also share my story and, you know, the, the, the inspiration to actually take action. And it's go, it includes really this, uh, you know, examples of these patterns that we were talking about that we may need some help and navigate to identify but also it includes what it means to live from the heart and what what actually what are some of the new values if you will that we can adopt living from the heart connecting with more with nature for example and and using our connecting with our intuition and allowing the the mind to sit in the back seat for a little bit so the book takes you through that process to go from a mind driven world to a heart centered world and it includes seven seven inner shifts mm. that are very actionable, right? So it's, yeah, it's taking you through this whole process to move from an ego mind kind of way of living that so many of us have done to living from the heart and intuition and, and more with ease and flow and aligned with the universe. Can you give us a little bit of a taste of what these seven... Uh, inner shifts are absolutely. I can give you a little, <laughs> little taste there. What you you can experience in this book. Well, the the seven shifts I um, outlined really they have to kind of they build on each other. That's what I want to say, and it it speaks to this way of uh, connecting to our multi dimensional self uh, more so and. Many of us live in the comfort zone, right? If you think about how your own comfort zone, right? We we have our current habits and patterns and, you know, we have our boundaries. Um, but it's so easy to stay in this comfort zone. So the first shift is really to make that commitment, to go from the comfort zone into a full commitment to ourselves and our evolution. Because as I said in the beginning, unless we start asking ourselves those questions, like who am I? Am I in and what can I learn about myself? We're not making a full commitment, right? We're just kind of going about our day in our comfort zone. So that's really the first shift. And if you know, you can't do anything else towards this connection with our multidimensional self, unless we make a commitment like full on. <laughs> And I don't mean that it has to be forceful, but it's an inner journey to make that commitment. Because we have to want it. And we have always come uh, across people who really don't want to change, right? They're fine, but they're complaining (laughs) about their lives, but they're, they're not there yet in terms of that commitment, right? So that's the first shift. 
And then um, the second shift is really around, you know, what I talked about in the beginning, myself as a, a person, you know, go, go, go in the corporate world and completely disconnected really from myself, I would say I was <laughs> at the time. But that shift in from disconnection to becoming self-aware is really like where all those questions come through. And what is self-awareness? It's a, it's a journey of an adventure of, of ourselves, right? The learning, the curiosity. So that's really the shift to, to become self-aware. And then we move on to, you know, from codependency to sovereignty. That's a huge that <laughs> shift huge. within ourselves. And, uh, you know, that I talk about in the uh, first part of the book, the mind-driven, you know, where we identified all, all those patterns and, and gives, I give some examples. Codependency is definitely a, a big uh, ancestral pattern that we maintain. And to go from being codependent to sovereign, and in, in the way I define sovereign is that once we can put ourselves at the top of our own mountain in our own life, right? When we sit there and can look out like the eagle's perch over our life and, and relate to our life in that way, that that's when we can, you know, be sovereign in our own life. And, you know, it, it's a process, <laughs> but it's possible because I've gone through it. And I, I, I kind of give some examples and, and ways to, to facilitate that pro that shift. I'm going to go a little faster here than other. Uh, we go from learning, you know, many, many of us have, uh, we want to learn, 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 and we stay in that pattern instead of bringing it into and embody it. We actually become it. So that's, that's the next shift. And then going from logic to wisdom. We have been taught at least uh, many generations now, to use our logic to problem solve. And that's many times how success is, is defined, like how well can you solve problems? And school systems are built on that too, the logic way of going about it. But here, it really is, uh, I describe a shift to go from that logic to wisdom. And it is to tap into our true self, our heart, our you know, innate wisdom, not learned, but rather what we've carried and, you know, all that wisdom that comes from generations and, and ancestors to bring that back. And then we go from pushing to manifesting, <laughs> go, go, go to actually bring in what we want and not strive so much. I and lastly, not chasing. Yep. Not chasing. Yeah. And lastly, it's my favorite chapter. The last chapter is to go from that view of being an individual and here I am and over there is you to that multidimensional unity consciousness, consciousness and connection with, with all our nature, earth, sky, all of it. So yeah, it takes you on a journey <laughs> this book for sure. In self-discovery. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I could identify with every single one of those shifts because I've done some of that work as well. Um, I will say one of the most powerful ones was going from uh, to actually owning my my sovereignty 
And I always was somebody that never believed that I was codependent. I was never codependent in the sense of a relationship or on people, but there were mannerisms and behaviors and verbiage that I used with my own self that definitely spoke to the codependency. So if you're out there thinking, I'm not codependent, I would highly, highly recommend to re-look and re-examine and really look up and maybe take Ulrika's uh, journey here um, with her book or reaching out to her um, to really examine and how to become sovereign, because that was probably one of the most empowering things that I've ever done in my life. Beautiful. Yeah. It's such a key one. Um, it, it really, it, it turns around, um, all that energy from, you know, the codependence on our ancestor patterns as well. Like you, you really, really operate from your unique self yeah. from there on. Yeah. And I was definitely somebody that would be so offended if anybody even recommended a book on codependency that's happened. I always viewed myself as a very strong, independent person, but it's not even about being dependent on other people. It's about how you show up with your boundaries and how you um, treat yourself. How do you love yourself? How, what do you allow others to do and how you, how you feel and all that good stuff. So highly, highly recommend for everyone to kind of do a deep dive and journey into that. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. So where can people find you if they're looking to take the next step and check out your book? Yes, I would recommend my website. You have everything there, orikasullivan.com. I'm also on social media. Uh, You can contact me there as well. Like it's my name, Ulrika, U-L-R-I-K-A Sullivan, S-U-L-L-I-V-I-N.com or my handles are pretty much my name. So yeah, and you can, uh, what you find there is is not only my book, but it you can uh, see my readings that I do uh, for others, but also my coaching program is available there. I write uh, blogs, so there's a lot of free resources on my website that where you can kind of dive in and, and learn a little bit about me first before you engage, if that's what you prefer. Um, yeah, so... I'm looking forward to meeting you there. (laughs) Reach out. (laughs) Amazing. And we will link all of that down below as well to make it easier for our listeners. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing what you do with us and our listeners, Ulrika. It was so amazing to hear your journey as well as the journey that you take your clients on. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Anna. I love our conversation not only because it's it's the right time we're here now and and uh, many of us that are on earth now is here really it's such a relevant topic with ancestral healing because that's that's what's going on that's what we're asked to do so thank you for bringing this beautiful topic in of thank course And thank you to all of our listeners. Please give us a little review with an emoji that best describes how you feel about this episode. It helps us 
to be, get out there and uh, bring more listeners uh, to what we have to offer. I hope everyone has a beautiful week and we will uh, see you on the next episode. <laughs>